Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, a show about pro wrestling and everything else. And I'm telling you right now, folks, I saw one of the most ridiculous, one of the most reprehensible things that I've seen in a long time in pro wrestling. It it honestly reminded me of um, Randy Orton. Remember when Randy Orton was in a match with, with Brock Lesnar? And Lesnar just went into business for himself and split his head open. It was just really the most egregious, ridiculous thing that you've seen in a long time. And something similar just happened in SWE Fury. And and I need to get to the bottom of this because it just, it really was terrifying. You know, there's no other way to describe it. So let me go to the source because, you know, I'm not just going to run my mouth on my own. I I got to stick to the facts here. So without further ado, welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. This is a young man who's really been putting his life on the line out there. He's been heating up on the Texas indie scene, and I want to make sure we highlight him properly. The one, the only Mr. Pac Ortega. Pac, how are you, brother? Hey, what's going on, brother? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? Well, I'm doing all right, but I got to tell you, man, I, I'm I'm very concerned after what I saw happen to you here. So let's just start from the beginning because I'm going to be posting video um, for folks to see on the Duke loves wrestling, social media pages, Instagram, Twitter, what have you. Why don't you let everybody know what happened to you? Yeah, man. So um, essentially um, I got an opportunity to work for SWE Fury up in downtown Dallas um, it was it was a house show and there was the show was called Night of Champions, I believe. And so I was going to be um, challenging the Blood Hunter, who at that time was one of their champions for his title. And the match is going on, man. Match is going good. Um, I'm, I'm doing what I can to get the advantage. But somehow we end up on the outside and then I just I turn around and it's just like the blink of an eye almost just I just feel this massive force on my head. And then as soon as I touched the ground, just blood's pouring down my face. And I'm like, holy crap, this man just hit me with one of these hotel chairs. Jesus Christ. And yeah, from there, we just finished the match, man. I don't know how you did it, Buck. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know how you were able to finish the match because this this gash, uh, he split you open pretty well. I mean, down to the white meat. It was just, it was bloody and it was a mess. Um, when you're in that type of situation where not only is a person who you're battling against has drawn blood, but they're trying to literally put you out. They're trying to take you out. I mean, a, a sick individual like the blood hunter who, who has no business in pro wrestling because he doesn't respect the sport because he's only out for blood 
because he's legitimately trying to maim his opponents. He wants to leave a lasting impression by scarring you, busting you open, cracking your skull, what have you here. How do you deal with something like that in the moment? Because I got to imagine survival mode kicked in, right? Oh yeah, man. As soon as, as soon as I got back up, man, I just, I was just swinging everywhere. And like, that was right there that in that moment because i already knew bloodhunter's reputation when it comes to his opponents i already knew that he 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 gets he gets he he's able to cut them open and so because he feeds off their blood so i knew i knew at some point he was going to try to do that now i wasn't prepared for that exact moment but whenever whenever it all landed on me i just i started swinging man i started just like this is a fight i'm no longer just wrestling for i'm no longer just fighting for a title i'm now fighting not only for my life but to get back at this man well i gotta ask you i mean where do we go from here because we know that blood hunter was able to be successful in that match that you had even though i i, I really i'm disappointed in in the officials in swe fury they should have disqualified him he took it too far. That was not in the spirit of pro wrestling. This guy is a sick individual. He needs to be locked away somewhere. Blood Hunter, I'm telling you right now, don't even come for me. I will sue you if you ever try to put your hands on me. I'm pissed at what you did to Pac Ortega. I'm just putting that on the line right now. Um, but where do you go from here, Pac? I mean, are, are you going to try to stay away from this guy? Are you seeking revenge? Like, wh wh what's going to happen next? In regards to the Blood Hunter, I'm not scared of the Blood Hunter. I said that going into my match, and I said that after the incident happened. I am not scared of him. I looked him. I, I like to call him the devil. I looked the devil in the eye and screamed at him that I was not afraid, and I still stand by that term. Now, in the sense of where do I go from here in regards to him, um, honestly, it's disappointing because there's not much I can do. Because from my knowledge, I know he's no longer working with the SWE and he's off in Canada. So if one day he finds himself back here in Texas, oh, you better believe that that Paco Ortega is coming after him. But when it comes to my stance in SWE, um, I am now in the tag team division and um, I am in the tag team with a man called the King Cobra Exotic. And we made our debut at the last taping, and now we're looking forward to continue working on our craft in that division. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me that Bloodhunter had to leave the, the entire United States of America. I mean, after what he did to you, there's no doubt that the proper authorities are probably looking for him. Um, again, this, is, this isn't pro wrestling, what he did. This is, this is sick. It's twisted. The man tried to take you out. He tried to take food off your table. He tried to bring harm to your family. And I, I really hope and I pray that he stays away. But like you said, if he ends up back in Texas at any point, then I guess there's going to be a little vigilante justice served up by Park Ortega, which is, is great. Um, but you brought up your, your tag team. And I know that in SWE Fury, you, you've been gaining a lot of steam and getting some great opportunities here. Um, tell me more about your partner, though, because you guys kind of have a weird uh, relationship with each other. It's almost like your family, because one minute you're tagging with each other, the next minute you're trying to beat the hell out of each other. What the, what the, what's going on here? 
Yeah, man. So essentially, like the way the story goes is a long time ago, you know, whenever we got into this business, me and Exotic, we were best friends. We were, I mean, I had his first match. And then from there, we, we just became really close in and out of the ring. But then just a long time ago, whenever we, whenever um, the promotion kicked off in Uvalde, Texas called Atlas Wrestling Promotion, just something struck a nerve in me, man. And I just kind of, I just kind of had more of a business mentality from there. You know, this isn't a business to make friends and this is a business to not only make money, but be at the top. And so over there, yeah, man, um, we just really kicked it off and we really just started going at it for months and months and months. And we just kind of had what I believe is probably going to be our last match for a long time. Um, just last month, um, and Uvalde, and we had a last man standing match at the last AWP show. And now, sure to know it, here we are as a tag team. Like you said, it's almost like family. So what had happened with that is we were both attending the seminar for SWE that they normally run before their shows. And just someone saw something between us and was like, hey, you and you, you guys come together and put something together for us as a tag team. And so we had a talk, me and, <laughs> me and Exotic. We were just all like, look, business is business, and we're going to keep it professional. And that's what we need to do. For this platform, at least. But outside of these doors, that's it. You stay away from me, I stay away from you. Well, it is interesting. I mean, your your biggest enemy can at times become your your greatest ally. You know what I mean? It's, it's it depends on what you're working towards on that day. So I think that's really interesting that in Atlas Wrestling Promotion, you you both beating the hell out of each other. But in SWE Fury, you found a way to combine forces and inflict pain on others. So that's really cool. You know, it's it's funny, too, Park, because you have been all over the Texas indie scene. I mean, whether we're talking about Texas Wrestling Entertainment, SWE Fury, Atlas Wrestling Promotion. I mean, you've even appeared on the Title Match Network. And, and it's just like Pac Ortega, that name keeps popping up. Um, are you trying to become the next king of Texas? Because, I mean, you know, you got guys like Moonshine Mantel and you, and you got guys like Max Castellanos who, who just aligned himself with, with Rodney Mack. And, and you know, you, you got a lot of folks out there who like to call themselves the king of Texas. But is that is that in your purview there? Is Pac Ortega trying to take over the whole Texas wrestling scene? I mean, just like the mentality with just about anything else, brother, you know, I am trying to be at the top. I am trying to be the best, or at least whenever the conversation of who is the best comes up in Texas, then of course I want the name of Paco Ortega in that same conversation, brother. So yeah, I guess in a sense, if you want to say, am I looking to be the king of Texas? I, I guess so. But all, in all honesty, man, I'm looking to just be the, the king of professional wrestling in general, brother. You know what I'm saying? Well, at the rate you're going with all of the appearances that you've been making all over, hey, man, you, it looks like you're on your way, Mr. Pac Ortega. I, I know somebody listening right now is curious. You know, they want to check out what I'm talking about. They want to check out your work. Some folks may want to follow you online. Promoters may want to book you. What's the best way that people can reach Pac Ortega? Yeah, man. So the best way you can reach me, in all honesty, um, it's probably through um, my social medias. Um, I know some people like to reach out through email. You can totally do that as well. 
Um, you can find my social medias. My Instagram and Twitter is Pac Ortega Pro. Um, you can go ahead and give me a follow on there on both platforms. You can message me. Um, hopefully, I can see your message because, in all honesty, with the way things have been kicking off, especially at SWE, I've started seeing more of an increase in my messages. But then also, you can also hit me up on my Facebook page. It's Pac Ortega as well. You know, before I let you go, uh, Texas is known for having some of the best cuisine in the world, whether we're talking barbecue, whether we're talking Tex-Mex, you name it, even those huge fruit cups that you can get. So so what's a what's a normal Pac Ortega uh, meal if, if, if you were having dinner and there were no restrictions, you know, something that is your go to to keep yourself going, give you a full belly. Um, make sure that you, you pack back on the calories because you're going to burn them when you wrestle. What's what's a good meal for Paco Tega? <laughs> so that's actually funny that like you bring that up, man, because, yeah, of course, you know, Texas is known for like the barbecue and everything that you're talking about. But in all honesty, I haven't had a lot of that lately. Um, in all honesty, brother, what I find myself having a lot, and this might seem a little basic, but I find myself having – um, just a Panda Express almost like every other day. So I would probably say uh, whenever it comes to like getting food from out, um, it's Panda Express. I like to get the, the double teriyaki and then two sides of orange chicken with the white steamed rice. But then whenever I am cooking for myself at home, I normally like to eat a good um, chicken breast with egg whites, rice and bacon. All right, I can't let you go on that now. So, so why do you go for the rice instead of the chow mein at Panda Express? Because I'm the chow mein <laughs> guy. I got to have the noodles, man. What's up with the rice over the noodles? What's this all about? Man, you know, it's just, I, I just like the rice. And if I'm being honest with you, brother, I haven't tried the chow mein yet. I have not. All right, well, you know what? I am challenging Pac Ortega to step outside of his usual the next time you go to Panda Express, and I got, listen, I got people all over. You know, I'm the Duke. I got people in, in every business everywhere. So I'm sure one of our listeners of Duke Loves Wrestling is at the Panda Express that you visit the most. Um, you got to get the low, you got to get the, the chow mein or some places may call it the low mein. You got to get the noodles the next time, bro. Come on. <laughs> all right. You know, next, next time I, next time I give you some Panda Express. I'll give me the chow mein and I'll make sure to post it and tag you in it myself. Right? All right. That's right. You got to, you got to take a picture or a quick video and post it. It's going to be the Pac Ortega challenge. He is going to try the Panda Express chow mein. And then we're going to, we're going to find out once and for all, which is better, the rice or the chow mein. That's the challenge there for Mr. Pac Ortega. Listen, we, we appreciate you, man. We're glad that you're, you're all right after that heinous act by the blood hunter. Uh, so please keep eating your, your your Panda Express, keep kicking butt in SWE Fury and, and all the other fantastic promotions uh, that you've been wrestling in, Atlas Wrestling Promotion, which folks can find on Title Match Network. And, and most of all, man, just be safe. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. I definitely appreciate it. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing this, man. I'm Harry Burkett, Senior Writer with Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And I'm Kevin McElbaney, Editor-in-Chief of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Wrestling.
Fun conversation there with Mr. Pac Ortega. Real nice young man with a, a huge upside on the indie wrestling scene, especially down there in Texas. Just a, a, you know, Texas is a hotbed, but it always has been for pro wrestling. You, When you think about some of the folks who've come out of there, whether you're talking about the Funks, you know, there's a lot of information about Terry Funk, who is in an assisted living facility, and, and we just found out that he's suffering from dementia, which is unfortunate. So my best goes out to the entire Funk family. Terry Funk's one of the greatest of all time. No different from his, his brother, Dory, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you think about the Funk family. You think about Dusty Rhodes and Dustin, and of course, you know, Cody more recently. You think about Moonshine Mantel. Right? He was just really kicking butt. He was, Moonshine was just on AEW Dark this past week. So his stock is rising, man. You think about Thunder Rosa. You know, she set up shop in Texas and she's been kicking butt. That punk Micah Madrid, she'd been in Texas for a while doing her thing. Texas is just a hotbed for pro wrestling and, and they churn out some of the, the top stars. No two ways about it. So good stuff with Pac there. You know, I'm wrestling with something in my mind. Switching speeds here. As I sip on my delicious Panera Bread coffee. You know they have that that Panera Plus program here. It's $8.99 a month. Unlimited coffee. One every two hours. Hot or iced. You can even get yourself a tea if you don't feel like coffee that day. But you dress it the way that you want. Get any of the flavors that you want. It's delicious. So definitely need that pick me up. It's been a long week. We got that that hurricane that's been all over the place and it's coming here to Massachusetts. So, been a long week. But I, I'm wrestling with something. We just saw Alistair Black, Tommy End, whatever you want to call him. What does he call himself now? Malachi Black. We just saw him debut in AEW. And certainly, that's a good thing for him. Malachi, Malachi, that's what they're going to call it, Malachi, okay, he kicked Arn Anderson, which I wasn't happy about, because I love Arn Anderson, and he kicked that punk Cody Rose, which I was very happy about, do it again, please, I, I wrestle with something, and I'd love to get your take on it, is it, are we at the point now where we just accept the fact that AEW is going to be WWE light? They're going to bring in whoever gets released and they're going to rebuild their company around former WWE stars. And that's just the way it's going to be. They're going to do the complete opposite of what they told us they were going to do. I struggle with that. And, and, and here's why. On one hand, I want wrestlers to get that money. And when you have a guy who was infused with $100 million to start his own wrestling company, you know, Tony Khan, his daddy gave him $100 million to create a AEW. And, you know, there's plenty more money where that came from. His father's a multi, multi, multi-billionaire. I want the wrestlers to get the money. Just go get the money, right? If this guy's giving out money, go get it. You're working less dates than most major promotions. He has the funds to pay you top dollar if he wants. I know at least the 
the friends of the elite, they get the top dolls. I don't know about everybody else. So in that sense, I, I support the notion that the wrestlers go get the money and work less and get paid more. I love that. It's great. But I struggle with the fact that they lied to us again. <laughs> and it just it keeps coming back, man. This 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 company, they lie. And that's not a surprise, but it's just like they have benefited from marketing themselves as an alternative, as a company that is so invested in diversity and inclusion and all this other stuff. They lie. They lie. We're not going to keep bringing in old WWE stars. We want to make our own new stars. They lie. I'm not upset that Tommy ends, uh, whatever hell he's calling himself now, Malachi Black. It's going to take me a while to get used to that. Malachi is not a not a name that rolls off my tongue easily, so forgive me here. I I want this guy to succeed. I think he's talented. But when I see him show up on Dynamite, and I know that he's going to continue to get opportunities on television, the number one show in AEW, I can't help but wonder who is not getting featured when he gets featured. I think about Will Hobbs. Right? I think about Ricky Starks, who, you know... Ricky and, and, and Will, they appeared in a segment, but it was a throwaway, if you ask me. What's happening with the black wrestlers, the black male singles wrestlers? I keep asking that question, and I'm not going to stop. What's happening with the women? Because you're still only giving us one women's match per week on Dynamite. You're bringing in another WWE superstar who you know is no longer with that company. So who will not get featured on TV as a result? And what are the implications for that? Because I'm sure Aleister Black is rich. At least compared to most of the other people in AEW. Right? Anyone who's not in the title hunt and haven't been and haven't been ranked in the top five. I I don't think they're rich (laughs) from being in that company per se. But Alistair Black, I'd say he's rich. So he's going to stay rich. Because as soon as he gets in the company, he gets to kick an EVP. He gets to kick Cody Rhodes. He kicks he kicks a legend in Arn Anderson. He, he's immediately thrust into a major storyline. Meanwhile, Ricky Starks is feuding with Brian Cage. And Will Hobbs, who was ranked in the top five like two weeks ago, is is he's out. And I don't know what the hell Scorpio Sky is doing. It's nothing important. I know that much. And Sonny Kiss, what's happening with Sonny? <laughs> I keep bringing this up, man. I was looking at um, the latest AEW action figures. And I went back and looked at their all their action figures that have been released. And then I thought about it. I said, you know what? Let me let me check something. So I, I checked out the original WWE action figures, the LJNs, 1984. 
and I went through the first six series. In every series other than series two, black and brown folk were featured. Right? At least one black or brown person. Every series. Except for two. Number two. So so out of six series, five of them featured black and brown folk. AEW. They have featured Brandy Rhodes. Who is an executive in the company. And she's married to an executive vice president. So, I, I, I mean, does she count as it relates to this? When you have the black male singles wrestlers and you utilize them primarily as enhancement talents for their white peers, what does that do over time to their market value? Can these guys negotiate any kind of significant increase in their contracts? Are they making as much as their as their white peers? Do they have as many advancement opportunities? No, <laughs> they don't. And this is a predetermined sport. So the, the people up top are determining who gets the opportunities and who don't. Right. This isn't based on merit and ability or anything like that. This is literally who I feel like promoting and who I don't feel like promoting. Right. Who I feel like making a star and who I feel like making less than a star. And the proof is in the pudding. Again, you don't see a Will Hobbs action figure or a Ricky Starks action figure or a Scorpio Sky or, or even though he's related to an executive in Brandy Rose or a Sonny Kiss. So what do you say to that? What does that mean? When you look at black male singles wrestlers in AEW, they are primarily used to get their white peers over. That's what they they are the losers. That's it. And they don't get the action figures and they don't get the special web shows like being the elite. They don't get the the advancement opportunities of constantly being in the main event. And get those extra bonus paydays. They don't get any of that. So it's it's systemic racism playing out before your very eyes, plain as day. We can't act like it's not happening because it's right there in front of you. And my question is, what's the excuse? Tony, Cody, Young Bucks, Kenny. Shod, what's the excuse? Why are black male singles wrestlers continuing to be disrespected in this manner and not being provided equal opportunity? And some fool at this point, well, you give them time. Well, I don't know about that. We've, we've been talking about this for years. And I, I've started this out of the gate. My talking points haven't changed because conditions really haven't changed. In fact, they're just as bad, if not worse. Because before it was, we just don't have many. Now it's, well, you have a number of black people who you've put on your, your programs 
and you're jobbing them out. <laughs> right? And it's like, well, somebody has to lose, so what? Okay, fine, but I'm I'm watching their peers get opportunities that they're not even considered for because their market value is is nothing. It's nothing. Right? What do they call a young man? Shoddy? Who the hell wants to buy a, a shoddy action figure when, when you have him lose to everybody and get his ass kicked all the time? Right? Nobody's looking for a Sean Dean action figure because you disrespected Sean Dean. You made him useless. Right? Somebody told me he has a job in the, in the back, which is great. But as a wrestler, he's nobody. And not because he, he's not talented, but because you made him nobody. Literally. Scorpio Sky has no direction. He grabbed that brass ring, that Sonic the Hedgehog ring, and, and nothing has happened from that. Scorpio Sky was actually more favored before he had that match with Cody Rhodes and lost. Think about that for a second. He was actually considered more of a prospect before that match. Ever since he lost to Cody, he's been in the toilet. With no way of coming up. Because you keep bringing in former WWE guys who keep pushing guys like Scorpio Sky further and further and further down the card. And Scorpio is unique in the sense that at least he's related to an executive. So you would think he'd have some opportunities, but now nah, that ain't going to happen. So then let's look at other people. Well, Sonny Kiss, what's happening with, with Sonny? <laughs> I keep saying the same thing. But you notice... I keep saying the same thing. That means that things aren't getting better over there. WWE, they were, they were the World Wrestling Federation at the time in 1984. Were more inclusive of their black male singles wrestlers than AEW is in, in 2001. Or 2000, or 2021, excuse me. What does that tell you? But they're, but they're inclusive. I don't know about that. There's no equity there. They want to use you to be able to say that they have you, but they don't want to invest in you in a manner where they're proving that they believe in you and that, they, that they're committed to your advancement. Sad. But that's the way it is. And, and that's the way it is because you, listening right now, have allowed them to get away with it. You don't want to hold them accountable for it. They still aren't respecting women's wrestling. It's crazy. And, and, and listen, even with the homegrown guys, you look at a guy like, like Orange Cassidy, he's, he got nothing going on. They just They said, well, he's number two in the rankings right now. Good for him. Who's he going to beat? <laughs> are, are you putting Orange Cassidy over uh, Miro? Is Orange Cassidy going to beat Malachi Black or Andrade? I don't know. I don't even know if that would make sense. It's interesting. But things aren't, aren't changing over there. They're getting worse. And 
it's reflected in the fact that they don't even come close. I mean, look at the Google search results. People want to talk about ratings, which they can never get their, their grasp over that. TV ratings have always been accu- inaccurate, but something like Google search results to figure out what's popular out there. That's a, that's a pretty good measure. WWE dominates the search results in pro wrestling. I think they get something like 10 times more Google search results than AEW. There's something interesting going on, and and it just so happens WWE is more diverse. There's something more interesting going on over there. (laughs) Imagine that. They feature women more. There's more people of color at the top of of the card. Something more interesting going on. And, and some of you will say, well, you know, Duke, why do you keep bringing this up? I will never stop bringing this up until it changes. And I'm advocating. I'm advocating loudly on this show. I'm advocating loudly online. Behind the scenes, I'm having conversations with the wrestlers. Because make no mistake about it. And I think this gets lost in translation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this clip and put it out. Which is going to piss some people off, and that's okay. The wrestlers are telling me to keep going. I'm getting thank you for speaking up on our behalf. Thank you for saying things I can't say because I'm afraid to lose my opportunity. They're telling me to keep going. They're saying, hey, Duke. Thank you. You're right. They ain't treating me right. This ain't right, man. This ain't fair. I'm afraid if if I if I say more that I'll get in trouble. Thank you for saying something. So I'm not going to stop. And and the funny part is, don't be fooled by the people who you'll see publicly say things like, oh, don't listen to this guy or something. You know, some people will give you a misdirection play and tell you, you know, forget him. But then behind the scenes, they're saying, yeah, man, keep going. And I don't mind saying that because I, I want to put the pressure on these companies. I don't mind saying that. I'm not just coming up with something. I'm not just stirring the pot. I'm not just thinking. I'm not talking about what I think I know. I'm seeing what is clear. And I have a lot of experience on this topic. From a general standpoint, workplaces. And then I'm speaking to individuals who are affected the most. And information is being confirmed. So you tell me what's going on. That dark side of the ring one day is going to be beautiful when it's, when it, when we talk about the racism, the systemic racism, and the upholding of, of white dominant culture in AEW. That's going to be an interesting, interesting documentary that's coming. And it's going to happen, whether it's dark side or you call it something else, it's going to happen because it's, because it, it exists. <laughs> it's a real thing that is playing out before our eyes. And my goodness, when we get to the sexism, that's going to be even better. This is a modern company that we've allowed to get away with this stuff. This isn't a company that started off in the olden days and, you know, they had to to, to learn how to evolve. No, these are the folks who were able to see all the mistakes from the past and still chose to commit the same mistakes and are actively still doing it. 
and you can be upset at me for, for bringing this topic up on a consistent basis, but understand something. I'm not going to stop. So there it is. It's interesting. Switching speeds here. Shout out to uh, Generation Championship Wrestling. I know they have a, a major event coming up this weekend, and, and folks, you got to check them out. Some good folks over there, some solid wrestling, you know, stars that you see pop up on TV and web shows on even larger scales elsewhere. Places like GCW, man, that's that's where they're they're getting their their feet wet, so to speak. What a surprise, right? That's why. And, you know, I I really I started this show on that, highlighting these independent promotions and these wrestlers. Some people, they, they think this is new hat for me. No, this is old hat, man. This is how we started. Go go back to the archives. Don't take my word for it. Listen to the, the first 52 episodes and look at how many indie wrestlers and promoters and promotions were put over on this show. Why do you think that is? I just I don't want to just talk to whoever the top stars are right now. I want to talk to tomorrow's our, our future stars. Right? That's what it's all about, man. So, if you check out Generation Championship Wrestling, you're going to see the people who you will be rooting for on TV in the not-too-distant future. That's how that works. That's how that works. And that's pretty cool, right? GCW Live Forever. It's the name of the uh, event that they have going on. Right? And it's a special event because it's their three-year anniversary. You know we had Gomez on here talking about it. Egypt Shriners, Tampa, Florida. That's 5017 East Washington Street. Tickets are available at gcwliveforever.eventbrite.com. Guys, got to check it out, man telling you, do not want to miss it. Layla Gray and Queen Amanada and Sky Blue. You got some some great stunt marshal. You got some great folks, man. You got to check it out. Got to check it out. I'm not going to stop bringing up stuff. And I know that, that some people get nervous when I do because ultimately it comes down to opportunity. Someone's going to get it. Someone's going to lose it, right? When you only want to put over your friends and you want to uphold the the old school way of doing things, they, that's opportunity that they have. And if you're forcing them to change, and that's opportunity they're not going to have anymore. I get that. But don't tell me you're going to be inclusive and diversity and, 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 Opportunity is going to be there for everybody and then not deliver. I will stay on you all the way to the end, baby. You can you can count on that. Because when I look at some of these promotions like GCW, like SWE Fury, like Mission Pro Wrestling. Right. When I look at some of these promotions, Ignite Wrestling. Texas Wrestling Entertainment. When I look at these promotions and they're promoting women and people of color and they're making that priority and they're not out here beating their chest about being diverse. They're just being diverse. Even WWE. When I see that happen 
and then I turn around and I see the nonsense that happens in AEW, what do you expect me to talk about? Of course, I'm going to call them out. So till next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. <laughs>